This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. To be joined by my partners, Skip Lacombe and Doc Thompson, this is another in a series of our specials, our Blaze Election Specials. This one having particularity to the debate tonight, the Republican-South Carolina debate, the only debate, though not necessarily the only joint appearance, more about which later. There may be other occasions later in the week where you may or may not see the candidates together, but no, no other formal debate. Because of the importance of South Carolina, which is really the purpose of this next one hour, because we are with you from right now 8 until 9 Eastern Time, then we will with you watch the debate on the CBS network. If you don't know uh, until now where it is being broadcast, it is being broadcast on your local CBS affiliate. And we'll be here from 8 to 9 to provide some of the context, subtext, pretext for this debate. And then we will watch it together. And immediately upon its conclusion, we will reune. And we will do uh, what we do together, that voodoo we do so well from debate's conclusion until uh, roughly midnight. However, as probably you know, the political world, the American world of politics and law, this campaign and hence this debate has been thrown Topsy-turvy. Head has been thrown into a cocked hat. It has, in short, been turned upside down by the death this evening of a member of the United States Supreme Court, Antonin Antonin Scalia. Hello, hello. And uh, his loss, his death, his absence from the Supreme Court, Before I start to again weep, because weep I did and weep I shall. But before, if I can, before I start again weeping, the couple of dimensions that immediately impact what we're doing together right now, i.e. choosing a president, the immediate dimensions of impact that the passing of Justice Scalia has on this campaign on this country on this debate tonight right now are that number one this is the unexpected candidates don't particularly like the unexpected however some like it more than others and let me tell you what 
kind of unexpected this is. Justice Antonin Scalia was the most firmly, intellectually established conservative mind on the United States Supreme Court in a century. And his loss immediately provokes a political, not crisis, but a political confrontation. It begs the question, which I believe will be the first question of tonight's debate, must be the first question of tonight's debate, and that is, with the passing of Justice Scalia, and were you elected president, it would be to you to choose his replacement, sir. Who would that be? Or, if you're not ready with a name, what kind of judge would that be? Would it be a judge like Judge Scalia? Or would it be a judge like some other judge? Give us a name of somebody else that tells us who resembles the kind of judge you would appoint. And you know what? If you have never cared a molecule about the U.S. Supreme Court, you're going to start caring tonight if you're here. If you care about this, you care about that. And here's why. This elusive label of conservative and what it means has come home to roost This night, this instant, this debate, you know why? Because you cannot ignore the question, what kind of judge, with what kind of justice would you replace Antonin Scalia? And in answering that, we are tonight going to have either amped up, refurbished, reactivated, re-energized, the notion of what it means to be conservative Or we're going to see the beginning of its burial. Because until this moment, in all of my lifetime and lifetimes preceding mine, the question as to what kind of United States Supreme Court justice you would nominate were you president has been an utterly defining question and answer for all candidates. Tonight, that question and answer takes on the immediate properties, the immediate importance of what it means in real life because we have lost a United States Supreme Court justice, one who is a defining member of the court. And one, may I say, uh, take the liberty of saying, is my heart is broken. This is a justice I had occasion to, whose acquaintance, very, very little. I had a blessing, privilege, occasion to make. He is, that aside, if you ever wonder why people weep over the passing of public figures, to me, maybe to you, people who weep over the passing of public figures, like, John F. Kennedy or Robert Kennedy or Martin Luther King, those are moments in history to me captured on video. I I didn't weep then. I wasn't old enough or I wasn't smart enough or I didn't care enough. Mm -hmm. But when I heard this evening that Justice Scalia had died, I wept. I wept hard because his was the first personage of a founding father's status that I felt I knew. 
I I have read every word, as many have. There's nothing unique in this, but I'm among those who have read every opinion that Justice Scalia ever wrote, every stinging dissent he ever wrote, who understood even laymen, and we're all laymen compared to him, we all understood what he represented. Whether or not we supported it, we are among the brethren of those who understood what Antonin Scalia represented on the United States Supreme Court. We will not see his like again soon. And now, politically, the hard choice it immediately becomes a hard political matter, not a legal matter. What kind of judge will you replace with? Who, what kind of with what kind of judge will you replace Antonin Scalia, one who would, of 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 whom he would approve, whose legal and constitutional philosophy would be parallel to Justice Scalia's, or someone different. And even as we speak, Obama is already plotting to pick a communist to go on the United States Supreme Court. Even as we speak, Harry Reid has already spoken in public and said, well, no, go ahead. We need to appoint a new Supreme Court justice right away. And they will appoint someone like Michelle Obama. I mean, you want a list? I've got a long, and to people who think, like I do anyway, I've got a very frightening list of people. Whomever Obama wishes to put on the court is not going to reflect in any way the judicial philosophy of Antonin Scalia. And every, as you know, every important judicial decision in our lifetimes virtually has been by virtue of a five to four Supreme Court majority. With the passing of Antonin Scalia this evening... That five to four majority is gone. It's gone with the wind. Look for it only in history books. Now all cases that are 4-4 will be, or even before, will be returned. They'll be affirmed. They won't be heard. We'll wait to see now who tips the court. And the question, the biggest question is, who will appoint that new judge? Will it be Obama? As the Democrats want to do immediately, and shove down our throats, or will it be in response to the cry, let's let the new president do that, in response to others who feel that way. But one way or the other, it could not be more profound legally, but that's not why you're here tonight on the Blaze Radio Network. You're here for a debate, and a debate coverage and analysis is what you're going to get. This is a profound question politically, because now... Some candidates wanted something like this to happen. Ted Cruz wanted it to happen. I'll tell you who didn't. Uh, Who didn't want it to happen is Donald Trump. And I say that because now conservative takes on a new meaning. Or it takes on a meaning. And you must say what that meaning is. By virtue of of the loss of this Supreme Court justice and the role he held. In recognition of which, Alan Dershowitz, professor emeritus, Harvard Law School, and the greatest legal mind teaching and living in the United States, not on the Supreme Court, uh, and a friend, uh, has agreed to uh, be our guest 
and he will join us at the top of our next show following the debate. Meanwhile, Ty, could you tell me where we are? Yes, um, Doc and Skip, I think, are with us. Uh, Mitch McConnell has spoke on the issue. He says that the American people should have a voice in the selection of the next Supreme Court justice. Therefore, his vacancy should not be filled until we have a new president. That is what All right, may Mitch I McConnell is saying. Moment. I have some kind of emergency outside my studio here. There are lights going on and someone flashing lights in my window. Are my partners here? So I may beg yeah, off for 30 seconds here, to see we're the nature They're finally the coming to get you, Jay. Great. Thank you, guys. I'll be right back. Go ahead. Okay, this has Take been it the hottest evening so far. Um, I think Jay's right. That's obviously going to be the, the big push tonight, the big question. It should be if, uh, if, the, if the journalists are actually doing their job, that will be the center focus. In fact, you can pretty much throw everything else out. This is the story tonight. Right. You've heard, you've heard them answer questions on virtually everything or uh, attempt to answer questions on virtually everything many ways over. The question is this, and when I heard of Justice Scalia's passing, I had an immediate panic attack. I then thought about his family. And then I thought, I can't believe how naive I've been. See, you know, the president is going to pick Supreme Court justices. And the next president could pick three, four of them. I mean, prior to, prior to the passing of Justice Scalia, we knew that it could be three or four. But most of the time, the last couple of times... I'm back. I'm very have, sorry, mate. They have retired as opposed to passing away. So, yeah, we know the next president's going to to pick a Supreme Court justice, but I was shocked at how naive I've been the past couple of months during these debates at looking forward to the next president and not realizing that at any given moment a Supreme Court justice can and do die. So it's not just about the next president. First, we have to deal with what's going on here. Jay, you've laid out uh, some really powerful information, but... Um, there is no way President Obama is not going to nominate somebody. He is not going to wait. Mitch McConnell can say whatever he wants. Number two, nor should a president wait when there's still a full year of his administration left. As much as I disagree with President Obama and his ideas and values, he should nominate one. That is his constitutional authority and responsibility. I agree. But there is no reason for you to believe he's not going to appoint somebody that is incredibly progressive. He, of course, will spin it as a person. Whoever it is is very reasonable. I don't think it's going to be somebody um, as obviously um, uh, divisive as a Michelle Obama. But he will spin them as being reasonable. But, of course, when you look into their background, Jay, they will be incredibly, incredibly And, And, Doc, and Skip, that's one of the problems. Uh, If we ask people, even our audience... Uh, if if you accept two things, some of the most politically radical people in the United States, like the Obamas, like the people in their White House, they've had to fire once they were exposed as Maoists. And I could name them, but I, you know, I don't need to right now. Right. There are Maoists in the American government. Some of them sit on the uh, United States Courts of Appeal. And... Could anybody in even this most enlightened audience, best informed audience, radio audience in America, if I asked you to name five circuit court judges, could you? I couldn't. No, no neither could I. I and that's no. and if only that's if only that's where they come from, that's okay with Obama. He doesn't need you to need, you know, he doesn't need them to be celebrities. He doesn't no. want them to be celebrities. No, because he he'll wants be able to, to fly spin under their the background. radar. Yeah. 
Right, he'll be able to spin who they are. The more you know about yeah. them, the harder that's going to be. So they are going to probably exactly be people right. that none of us have ever heard of. And, and, and my question was going to be, based off you kind of laid out earlier, um, is that the right call that Obama should be able to nominate his justice? Of based, that's what I was thinking, too, and I wanted to make sure that Here's, I wasn't and, going to be me, wrong in the minority there. Let me, let me ask you this, too, Jay, and I want to get your take on this. Um, I, I want to warn everybody in our audience that are usually very consistent uh, conservative, libertarian-type folks, people who believe in freedom and the Constitution— to check yourself in the coming weeks and months over this. If you are suggesting for a moment President Obama does not nominate a Supreme Court justice, somebody to replace Anthony Scalia, then you are flawed in this. It is his responsibility, it is his right, his duty, it's his responsibility to do such a thing. And he should do it. And for Mitch McConnell to say, wait, now he may be just saying that as lip service, but he is wrong in that. Now, Mitch McConnell and 99 other people have the authority to say, I do not want that person to be the next Supreme Court justice. So we've got to follow the Constitution on this. And I'm sorry to say, elections have consequences. I certainly don't disagree. I mean, the political imperative is that everyone on the, of conservative bent be as obstructionist within the confines of the law Yes. As they yes. might be. <clears throat> However, Jake, yeah, I'm sorry, both the spirit and the letter of the law are on the side that Doc just argued. They are for, are we in wartime? Or is there an no. emergency? Is there some suspension of gravitational constitutionality? No. We're, we're, we're still the United States of America. And Barack Obama, to our great misfortune, remains <laughs> the head of that government. And therefore... As you say, as a year left in government, it is his constitutional prerogative, but also his, and let's not kid ourselves, political duty yeah. to his philosophy, to his party, to go ahead and try to get someone in there. You know, Jay, but there is a possibility now that the Supreme Court or the, uh, the Senate, who has the authority to confirm or deny a Supreme Court nominee, they could not not support his pick they could say you're not going to get into the votes necessary and he could say okay then i'm going to nominate somebody else and they could just keep shooting him down and we could we could move forward with only eight justices right i mean that's a possibility yes and this guys will test at the most stressful and i mean that from an engineering standpoint this is a stress test for a bridge and that bridge is called american politics and government at a most stressful, the most stressful moment for this bridge, it's going to undergo a stress test because the first stress will be in a Senate, a Congress, a, a, a government, which is Republican. It means by definition that on the Senate Judiciary Committee and every other committee, there is, without exception, one more Republican than there is a Democrat. Whether the committee membership is 8 to 7, 11 to 10, whatever it is. There is one more Republican on every single, single committee in the House and the Senate. There's one more Republican than Democrat, which means even to get reported to the floor for a vote, the Senate Judiciary Committee is going to have to report out an approved appointee, approved by Obama. Mm -hmm. Who would like to be the 11th vote there? I know, because I wish you luck in whatever your next career is. <laughs> uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jay, I, I, as I'm thinking of all these scenarios, 
I also can't help but think about the term elections have consequences. Yes. I think all of, not just Obama getting elected, but all of the others. Let's, let's look at Rand Paul, who had not, uh, you know, for the fact that he had dropped out, would be on stage tonight. He could still be in the running for president, is a guy who backed Mitch McConnell. Mm, yeah. Right? And he's saying that yeah. you may have had um, a Matt Bevin there instead. Somebody who I know would have been more secure and solid in doing the right thing than a Mitch McConnell. I trust him more. Agreed. Think about Agreed. Uh, Mitch McConnell getting elected. Think about uh, Lindsey Graham getting reelected. Think about the po- political fallout of all these things now that Justice Scalia has passed. Think about the Republicans taking back the Senate and taking back the House in, what was it, 2010 and, and hanging on to it. Think about all of the work, all of the doors that the Tea Party knocked on, all of the flyers they sent in order to get control of the House of Representatives and the Senate. All of the little old ladies who sat in their basement and sent out emails and crocheted things for Tea Party members and all of this stuff that has culminated into what are you going to do, Senate? Are you going to do the right thing? Mitch McConnell, it is on you now. What are you going to do? You're absolutely right. And and I want to go back to something you said, which everyone, you know, I'm sorry. It sounds fascistic to pick anything and say you must agree with this. But sorry, if you're a true Democrat, you know, a, a loyal member of, of a constitutional republic, if you believe in the Constitution, what Doc said is true. Elections have circumstances. I wrote an article in 19, I think, 82. Uh, I've always remembered the opening paragraph because I, I – because of course it was mine. No, but I mean I thought it. I thought it bore through the year, bore up through the years. I said, look, republic. I'm sorry. Uh, presidents come and go. They're elected for four, maybe eight years, and you know sometimes they get their agenda through. Sometimes they don't. But it's always buffeted by the caprice of public opinion and by a not always loyal Congress and all the things we can't foresee. Rarely does a president get to remake. You know, a country. But who does get to remake a country like that is the United States Supreme Court. That You know, because we sleep and wake up tomorrow morning, guys, and all of a sudden we read a headline and we turn on the radio. Supreme Court decided school busing, yes. Taxes, no. Affirmative action, yes. Abortion, no. And for all of our constitutional republic, it comes down in the last 50, 60, 75 years, the cutting edge of, of how we live, of what it means to be an American and live in America, usually comes as the result of a gavel in the United States Supreme Court. And, and increasingly, almost always by a divisive five to four majority. And so they don't come and go. They're appointed and they serve, generally speaking, for about, I think the average is about 40 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why we vote for president. All right. It's uh, Doc Thompson along with Skip Lacombe and Jay Severin. We're uh, um, offering up our pre-GOP debate coverage this evening. And it's obviously been overshadowed, not just the debate, but also our coverage of it, of the passing of Justice Scalia. <clears throat> we will, of course, have a post-debate show as well. During the debate, <clears throat> excuse me, if you would. Pardon me, let me say while you collect yeah. yourself, Alan yeah. Dershowitz uh, is going to join us uh, at the beginning of our second show tonight to reflect on uh, both the legal and mm-hmm. political ramifications, as well as his own personal thoughts of his friend, uh, Justice Scalia. 
What we'll do is we'll um, uh, take some of your tweets coming up. Hashtag uh, GOP debate is what most people are using. But uh, tweet at Doc Thompson Show, at Skip Lacombe, and at J underscore Severin. And, of course, we'll uh, open up the phone lines, 888 It's 888 if you want to join us on the phones. We'll get some of your uh, questions and uh, comments on the passing of Justice Scalia, as well as what uh, is to be expected on stage tonight at the GOP debate. This is the Blaze Radio Network. This is a special post-debate presentation with in-depth analysis from Doc Thompson, Skip Lacombe, and Jay Severin. The Blaze Radio Network. is a special post-debate presentation. Reaction and analysis of the GOP debate. Doc Thompson, Skip Lacombe, and Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. We will get some of your calls coming up. 888-900-3393 if you'd like to comment on the passing of Justice Scalia or uh, speculate on what's coming up on uh, stage tonight. We'll also get some of your tweets as well. Again, it's at Doc Thompson Show, at Skip Lacombe, at J underscore Severin. Uh, some tweets coming in right now. John Griffith uh, tweeting at Doc Thompson Show, and at POTUS says, uh, POTUS and the Senate has, uh, says POTUS has a right to uh, nominate. The Senate has the right of confirmation at their speed and discretion. And that's the point, John. Listen. I don't want to get some nutcase in there to place, replace Scalia. You've got to remember, it's not just replacing somebody who is conservative or somebody who's appointed by a Republican. Anthony Scalia was the line in the sand quite often. He was the 800-pound conservative gorilla on the Supreme Court. I mean, that's just how it was. So, yeah, I don't want to get some nutcase to replace him, but the president can nominate anyone he wants. Jay, if I'm not mistaken... The qualifications for Supreme Court of who the president can nominate, it doesn't even have to be an American citizen. I'm not sure about that, though. I'm not going to contest it. I'll tell you what I know it does mean or doesn't require, Doc and Skip. It doesn't require that you have ever been a judge. It doesn't require that you have ever been a lawyer. It doesn't require that you have ever gone to law school. I just uh, I think it's interesting if it doesn't require uh, somebody to be even American citizen. I mean, you know, Ted Cruz could even be on the Supreme Court then, right? I mean, hey, other than hey-o. the citizen part, you're talking about my <laughs> lifetime dream. You know, I mean, I've always, you know, what I still have to live for is that the the, the one position that is yet to be filled filled is the first non uh, member of bench and bar who actually becomes an associate justice of the United States Supreme Court. Now, I know that also qualifies me for a special medical rendering of some kind, but uh, but that's the I we all have dreams and there's mine. You know, you don't have to have been a judge to be a member of the Supreme Court. So, we all have dreams and there it is. Jay, let me ask you, uh, what do you think and skip as well? What do you I mean, this I will be shocked if this doesn't come up. In the debates, but if it does come up in the debates, uh, I guess the most pointed question would be: What kind of Supreme Court justice would you nominate? Who would you it's nominate? Be the first today? question, right? It's it's, be the it, first it question. should be, and hopefully they will ask it in several different ways 
trying to get you know uh, good answers, a lot of information out of these people. So how will each of the candidates respond to that question, Jay? What is your speculation? Well, on that, I'm going to mostly yield, I, 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 at least in one element. I don't know how they'll answer. I do know that prior to a debate of this kind with the importance of South Carolina and with the notion of being a conservative has been quicksilver. It has been elusive. It has been like trying to balance the water in an ice cube tray. Where, you know, whoops, whoops, whoops. You know, we can't seem to determine what conservative is and whether it ought really matter. This is an unexpected event, which necessarily, the physics of this, necessarily place into stark, high relief, conservative. And so the question is now revived. That that Dracula is out of its box again. What does it mean to be conservative? What is conservative? If people care, they care. If they don't, they don't. But the question has been revived. And the question will, will, be, will be, the mechanism will be the question tonight and in the next days, who, with whom would you replace Justice Scalia? Either philosophically or, you know, na- name a name, you know, that you admire. But this now is going to, this resurrects actively the factor in the next few days before this crucial primary, are you a conservative and does it matter? I think um, I can imagine Ted Cruz would give a pretty standard answer. Um, not, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, he would give no, Ted's got to love this. Right, because this is in his wheelhouse. I, I'm sorry, too. not love. He doesn't love that. No, no, not hero that. But died, as far as being but definitely in his wheelhouse question. to right. answer it. Um, right, I right. imagine Marco Rubio would answer similarly. Uh, the, the thing I can't imagine is how does a Donald Trump answer this question? Well, and this is this is something too that it's has going to be huge. Has, has occurred so recently too with, uh, with with the passing just happening um, early this morning too that he probably has not had a lot of time with his team to to prep the, that answer to really do the research and know any sort of, of ideas on who he might select. Jay, what are the campaigns doing right now to prepare their candidates? I mean, this is. If it's it's going to be a huge question, we know that they got to make sure they get it right. What are they What are they doing, guys? We all we all here at the microphone and beyond the the, the microphone. I think all know the answer to that, Doc. It's it's the most astute possible question and the most predictable possible answer, and that is, this is is as if moments before tonight's South Carolina debate, we learned that another Benghazi had happened. Now, maybe it's, you know, I'm, I'm not saying the same in terms of this loss of life, but if all of a sudden we threw a stick of dynamite, you know, into the standing political mixture, this sort of thing, which can't be ignored and which journalists are going to use exactly because it's a wedge, it's, it's a black and white thing. You cannot, there's no weaseling on this. You know, they know they can pin, they, they have a rare tool here, which is the ability to pin someone down. The, these kinds of things win and lose campaigns just like that. And so this is as if, you know, the, the Iranians fired on one of our ships tonight in the Straits of Hormuz. Or, and again, I'm exaggerating to make a point, but it's as if all of a sudden thrown into the already very provocative political cauldron, you've got something which, at least in terms of domestic politics, goes right to the top of the chart. Right, boys? 
Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, Jay, we're getting reports now, too, that the uh, president is expected to make a statement right around 9 o'clock Eastern. So we're about 20 minutes away from from a statement from the president. I got a question here. I got a yeah, question what's, uh, what's over that? here in the corner. Over yeah, here, I said that at Doc, uh, Doc yeah, Thompson. Yeah, Doc of Blaze Radio Network. My question <laughs> is, uh, wasn't there another time that he could... could I know. Like... Like now? Well, and I wonder, too, if this is if there's 11 o'clock? ever been an instance in which a sitting president speaks to media during a, 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 debate. a debate of the uh, alternate side. That's, uh, well. And presumably, this is a, new ju- a news judgment, of course. Will CBS has a commercial and ratings advantage this evening over, say, NBC, ABC, and Cable's? Because they brought, they are broadcasting the debate. Are they going to give up that advantage and broadcast the president's remarks live, or will they go with their programming advantage and say we will carry the president's remarks for you later? No, here this is my suggestion of what they should do. You carry the debate as scheduled, and then you do picture in picture the president's debate uh, or president's speech, but. In order for people to hear it, he will be muted. They'll just have that sign language guy that was on stage with him. No. Signing his comments no, about it. That's not going to be good. Something like that. And then you could, you could get both of them then. Uh, real and fast, guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, Obama originally was, was supposed to speak at 830. Mm-hmm. Is the 9 o'clock thing just because he wanted to take more time with his statement? Or was it intentional because um, the debate starts. Both. Of course it's intentional. It's intentional. To steal yeah. the spotlight. I, yeah, of course. And here's the thing. I, you know, I've uh, been uh, critical of President Times. Other times I've defended him on things. But I can say without a doubt they're doing this at 9 o'clock as a shot across the bow. They're giving him the business. This yeah, is a way I'm, of saying it buttresses his argument that, look, we know there's a Republican. And don't forget, it's Republican. Would he do the same if it were a Democrat debate? Question. But, yeah, I know there's a Republican debate going on. Yeah, I know we have a Republican primary this week. But the all-important business of our government goes on. And I, as head of government, need to address you. It's a way of buttressing, pre-buttressing his argument that I need to appoint an appoint a, a replacement right now. It's all part of the same tale, isn't it? Yep, exactly. We got to do this quickly, and he also gets to to uh, to start attacking anybody who would stand in his way right now. You come out with a nice prepared speech that says, "You know, everybody has been divided. We've been so divided. I've tried to get things done, and people have just uh, stood in the way." And that Rush Limbaugh said he hopes I fail. It's not Republican or Democrat. Exactly. It's, that's what it's about. Exactly. Of course, they'll end up doing that. Uh, I, I, and, I would think other... if, uh, if they're smart, they're going to try to probably. I would, if I at least if I held the the purse strings, would attempt to push back the debate until after the coverage, so they'll be able to get the best of both worlds. Yeah. I would think. And, and, and I don't. Think if I would, may. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go. Go. No, I was just saying. I, I don't think that would hurt. And is it, is it CBS? For the, I don't think that's going to hurt their coverage at all. People will probably tune into the network to see the president and then stay for the debate. So I think the smartest ratings call and just programming call from them would be to push back the uh, the debate until the until the statement. If I may, we're not going to run out, partners, of the implications, ramifications, and questions of Justice Scalia's passing and his replacement. Vis-a-vis this debate, this primary, this election, you know, our system. We're going to talk about that a lot later in our second show and and well beyond that here on Blaze Radio. I suggest we use the remaining moments we have 
to set the stage for some things that ought to be said before the debate rather yes, than sir. after. Yes, and sir. and I I would my opening hand would be this obviously what we've been talking about the unexpected stick of dynamite that's thrown into the middle of the picnic. So this is going to affect things specifically because it raises the specter of reintroducing and a hard press as to, are you conservative or are you not, right? Is you is mm-hmm. or is you ain't, my conservative mm-hmm. baby, you know? Okay, <laughs> number one. Number two, new polls. We needed to get them. We didn't until yesterday, and it's very odd that anyone would be talking about polls because all of them are a month, a month old until these results. The results of which, uh, done by local TV and newspaper, are unsurprising. First, Donald Trump. I'm not going to give you the numbers. I mean, all right, I'll give you numbers. I'll do it real quick. Number one, Donald Trump with 36. Number two, Cruz with 20. Number three, Rubio with 15. Number four, Bush with 11. Number five, Kasich with nine. Number six, Carson with five. 50% plus, say they're evangelicals. Those are the two of the three, I think, most important elements, uh, as I see it, to lay down. And, 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 and finally, the, the one is, will this be a debate mostly about the second uh, establishment lane? So I think you've got two primaries within a primary tonight. I'll say it very quickly. Jay, you've got Trump versus Cruz. Let, hang on one second. I think the president has actually come out early now and is speaking. Right. Can we go to that? his life to the cornerstone of our democracy, the rule of law. Tonight, we honor his extraordinary service to our nation and remember one of the towering legal figures of our time. Antonin Scalia was born in Trenton, New Jersey, to an Italian immigrant family. After graduating from Georgetown University and Harvard Law School, he worked at a law firm and taught law before entering a life of public service. He rose from Assistant Attorney General for the Office of Legal Counsel to the judge on the D.C. Circuit Court to Associate Justice of the Supreme Court. A devout Catholic, he was a proud father of nine children and grandfather to many loving grandchildren. Justice Scalia was both an avid hunter and an opera lover, a passion for music that he shared with his dear colleague and friend, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Michelle and I were proud to welcome him to the White House, including in 2012 for a state dinner for Prime Minister David Cameron. And tonight, we join his fellow justices in mourning this remarkable man. Obviously, today is a time to remember Justice Scalia's legacy. I plan to fulfill my constitutional responsibilities to nominate a successor in due time. There will be plenty of time for me to do so and for the Senate to fulfill its responsibility to give that person a fair hearing and a timely vote. These are responsibilities that I take seriously, as should everyone. They're bigger than any one party. They are about our democracy. They're about the institution to which Justice Scalia dedicated his professional life and making sure it continues to function as the beacon of justice that our founders envisioned. But at this moment, we most of all want to think about his family 
And Michelle and I join the nation in sending our deepest sympathies to Justice Scalia's wife, Maureen, uh, and their loving family, uh, a beautiful symbol of a life well lived. We thank them for sharing Justice Scalia with our country. God bless them all, and God bless the United States of America. Obama speaking uh, just now on the death, the passing of Associate Justice of the Supreme Court, Antonin Scalia. Um, uh, no surprises there. He, you know, said very nice things. Statement. Very basic. Yeah. Say nice things, but you notice the shot was, I'm going to fulfill my... It, what, did anybody expect the president would say, I'm not going to nominate anybody? Of I've been thinking a, long and hard about this, and I feel that being as though I'm in my last year, of course not. This He's is, going to make a decision. This though. is like me holding a press conference to say, I'm going to have bacon tomorrow. You just know. <laughs> it's, it's assumed I'm going to have bacon tomorrow. I mean, that's... So, again, yeah, that's the... Go ahead and I'm, you know, put people on notice type of thing. I'm having a press conference to ask, will there be extra bacon? No, not for you. Not if it comes from mine. <laughs> there's no such thing as extra bacon when it comes to Don. You're right. Yeah, 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 no, no, there's no such thing as extra bacon. You're right. There, yeah, yeah. there is only bacon and there is not bacon, Jay. You know, there is do and, and not do. There is bacon and there is not bacon. That's just how it is. Uh, All right. Can okay. I say one other thing about yes, what sir. we're about to yeah, watch? Sure. Yes, and I do. shouldn't have buried my leads. My own fault. Tonight, we're going to watch two primaries within one primary. Very clearly. The one primary, one of the two primaries, is Trump versus Cruz, Cruz versus Trump. And at some point, my guy, I, just to admit it openly, I'm a Cruz guy, but at some point, he's going to have to face the fact he's going to have to beat Trump, you know, one-on-one. But for now, it's still how close to Cruz How close to Trump can Cruz go and can he beat him? But that's Cruz and Trump are clearly in one lane by themselves. Mm -hmm. The other lane, though, which I think is the more interesting fight, is the establishment lane. Bush, Rubio, really it's Bush, Rubio. Technically, okay, it also includes Kasich and uh, Dr. Carson. It doesn't. It's Bush and Rubio. And and they're desperately fighting to be the establishment candidate who are sitting there with superdelegates in their pocket saying, if Trump can't get 1,237 delegates in the primaries, we're going to pick the candidate. And that's you, my boy. And that's going to be Bush or at this point, it looks like uh, Rubio. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. You know what? The other thing, Jay, I, I also think there's um, there's something to watch for. And I was discussing this with Skip earlier. The person who can, in a time of crisis, especially with Antonin Scalia passing, because even if you are progressive and cheering right now, you're still recognized this is a, a watershed moment, right? I mean, something, something big's coming here, and there's going to be a big yeah. battle. Regardless of what happens, it's going to be a big battle. So for those people in the middle that are not automatically going to vote D or R, you know, where, the, where that's always the battle... Is there a reasonable person or a seemingly reasonable person, Jay, not one of those extreme Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders or not one of those extreme Ted Cruz types, not those people, but a more reasonable person who can act as a uniter, somebody like a John Kasich who's coming off a big win in North Carolina or in New Hampshire. I mean, yeah, he came in second, but that was a pretty significant win for him. Did someone hand me the motion discomfort receptacle, please? (laughs) I mean, is it, can you see, does this give somebody like a John Kasich 
his his shot, his his let's no. be reasonable time. No. We're talking about registered Republican habitual primary voters in South Carolina. They have an opinion. Uh, you know you know what to, you know you may have noticed that unlike the first two primaries, caucuses, what you do not see and what you will not see is a prominently displayed large number of people who are undecided. Uh-uh. They're not undecided in South Carolina. They're decided, largely. <laughs> they're, 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 they're decided, thank you. And I, I just, I, it's a completely different animal. And again tonight, the question will be, who decides it's wise to cross lanes? If Rubio, Kasich, Carson, or Bush decide to attack Trump or Cruz, why? And I could think of only one reason, and I went out on Twitter, and I'm going to hang my butt out over the line and say this on the air. Uh, it's a pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-prediction prediction. I think the only person, there, well, there are two, that could possibly cross lanes to their benefit. In this order, Bush or Rubio may feel they could take on Cruz for second place. But otherwise, if they don't think that, they would be wise to stick to their lane and try to win, you know, the the one of the two primaries within the primary. All right. Well, of course, join us on the Twitter at Doc Thompson Show at Skip Lacombe and at J underscore seven throughout the debate. Uh, We'll all three be uh, tweeting during the debate and offering our commentary along the way. And then, of course, uh, immediately following the GOP debate tonight, we will, of course, have full coverage right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Use Alan Dershowitz. You. Yeah, that's right. Alan uh, Dershowitz will join us as well with his thoughts and comments on Justice Scalia. And it'll be nice to hear his thoughts on, on the debates as well. Yeah, Maybe we can touch on some of those things as well. Um, this, is, this is crazy time. You've got the South Carolina... Uh, uh, primary coming up a week from today for the Republicans, two weeks from today for the Democrats, and then two weeks from Tuesday, it is Super Tuesday. And I, I speculate that's, that's going to be the big money this year. That's where we'll all know what's likely going to happen as far as the two nominees go. Yes. That's just my prediction. More coming up after the debate right here on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to reactions and analysis of the GOP debate. The Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washer and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now.